Welcome to Talking Heads, episode 146, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday evening. If you've never seen the show before, we stream once per week. We talk tech, we talk beer, we talk games, entertainment, pop culture, Star Trek, etc. Although we do drink on the show, we do keep the content family-friendly in both language and uh, content alike. Uh, If you are drinking along with us, either alcoholic or not, uh, do let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts along on here. Uh, All Super Chats are read on the air, assuming they meet our family-friendly criteria, and I can say them without getting demonetized. Uh, and if you'd like to be part of the super secret chat in the discord, you can, uh, join the Patreon link is down in the video description. And every single Wednesday, we also do an after show where you can live chat on video with me or whoever the co-host happens to be that week. Uh, it's coming, becoming kind of a weekly tradition. So it's been a lot of fun. It it gets uh, pretty big and, uh, you get to kind of see all your other, uh, Patreons too. So it's quite fun. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, if you are not catching the show live, uh, or you're watching on, you know, a, a repeat some other time, uh, you can now catch all of our talking heads on Anchor, Anchor.fm, uh, or wherever your podcasts are found. We are now officially a podcast, so get on oh, it. Wait, they can't they can't see what I look like though, right? So they they right. need to come back and and view the video. They right. need to. New Williams drinking a Courage and Stone Manhattan. Excellent. I had one of those a couple of weeks ago. It was delicious. I I had, I want to say fairly lofty expectations for the Courage and Stone, Old Fashioned, and the Manhattan, and they both still blew them away. Um, like, I I expected because of the marketing and, and because Aish Tyler... Uh, making such a big deal about this is not like sour mix or or like tastes like vermouth no it's vermouth and it's whiskey and it's bitters and that's all that's in there and it's an 80 proof ready to pour cocktail i had some pretty high expectations and they were still completely met (laughs) those are so good how big were those bottles uh they're 200 mils they're about 20 dollars for 200 mils or you buy uh um you can get both bottles, I think, for 30 bucks. Oh, uh, that's, that's not too bad. But, uh, you know, you, you pour yourself two to three ounces of one of those. That's, you know, less than a quarter of the bottle. Yeah. Um, so it's it's still less than you'd pay bar prices. It's obviously more expensive than making one yourself out of a decent whiskey. But um, Well, the thing is, though, it's the convenience of I don't have to do anything. convenience of open the yeah. bottle and pour it. Right. And, uh, no, I they were fantastic. All right. Uh, Big Big Spoon had a $5 donation. Congrats on the 100% likes ratio per rating. Uh, Although that quickly went downhill, I hear, because apparently a bunch of people are disliking the stream. But thank you, Big Big Spoon, for the early encouragement, or rather (laughs) encouraging the trolls, as it might have been. It's uh, probably all of his stuff, and and my bits is people just uh, dislike. Yeah. Trinity Brewhouse Belgian Strawberry Beer at 12.5%. John is drinking. Oh, that sounds like a tasty beer. Yeah. What else we have in here? 
Uh, one like equals one little bit closer to the new beer fridge. Uh, for me or for John? Yeah, I know. <laughs> John, Don't bring it. It's John, a sore subject, guys. <laughs> John had some fridge trouble this week. I had some. I had. I had something die. It was close to my heart. <laughs> it stored all of my precious. Yep. I I offered to do my part, and uh, yes, I'm sure everyone offered to do their part. <laughs> keep it in my deep storage. Yeah, John John had his beer fridge die on him this week, and uh, apparently it's not going to be repairable. No, it is. So. It is. Well, I mean, anything is repairable for the right, right price. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna pay that. It's it's the same price to buy a brand new fridge, so might as well just go get a new fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Although you won't have that fancy glass double door and the Yeah. Well no, I I the one I'm I'm looking at one it's a it's a fancy glass double door, but I won't have the Pepsi the Pepsi yeah. logo. I won't have I, the marquee on it. I won't the have the marquee on it. Yeah. I do I do like the light up marquee. Um so I'll miss that. I might I might keep the marquee and have it like hanging up in the background as an homage to my <laughs> first double double wide fridge. Yep. You got to get another one eventually too. Definitely. Yeah. So, well yeah, right now I have stacks of boxes of beer in my living room and it almost goes up to like the TV hanging on the wall. That's how high they're stacked up. <laughs> uh uh Steve came over yesterday because we did a video and uh, we had to go and find a beer. And I, that was so difficult. It took, probably took me about 10 minutes to find the beer because I was digging through boxes and bending over. I was like, oh, this is a pain in the butt to find one beer. I want a fridge. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of beer, let's go ahead and open ours since we're uh, All right. already into the show. All right. I'm going to go. What do you I got? Think- I think Steve had this one on the show, but he said it was really good. So I wanted to have it. It is the Brewing Projects Resist. I think he's had that. It is a blue. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's a blood orange milkshake IPA with citra and mosaic. Nice. So I I had one and I wanted to open it. So I've got two options here. Not quite sure which one I want to go with first. Um, so both of them happen to be, uh, I think, 9.2%. <laughs> yep, they're both 9.2. Um, and they're very, very different styles. <laughs> so oh, that was yeah. a great pour, John. Look at that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Better than your last video. <laughs> he gets one every once in a while. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ha-ha-ha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so my two options are... Uh, Monk's Trapel Ale, uh, which is a, uh, it's a Belgian Abbey, uh, from Abbey Brewing Company, uh, in actually New Mexico. Uh, Abiquiu, New Mexico, I believe. Holy crap. Yeah. A-B-I-Q-U-I-U. However you, however you say However you say that. Yeah. Uh, Monk's Triple Ale. Uh. How much was that bottle? I don't know. Oh, I was it? it was, one. Okay, it was yeah. given to you. Yeah, this one was sent in. Uh, this one was also sent in. Uh, so this is Crooked Stave. Uh, this is the uh, the Adam beer. Uh, it's a Dortmunder sour alt beer aged in bourbon barrels. Ooh, an alt also beer. Also checking in at nine point yeah. two. 
So uh, I do know I've had some crooked staff before. They so are a I. nice, yeah, nice brewery. Uh, the other one, the Belgian one, haven't had that. Yep. I think I'm going to start with the Belgian. And I, I'm going to put the, the sour back in the fridge. while I, I was going to say, yeah, make sure to that. keep that at least cold. Yeah, exactly. So uh, how's yours, though? It is uh, very sweet and very orangey. It is nothing like an IPA. Yeah, that's that's vanilla and orange. Nice. I mean, it's good. It's really good. Don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, I, I kind of get tired of milkshake IPAs and these sweeter IPAs because they're not really IPAs, you right. know? There's no actual hot flavor in it. It's all sweet juice. Yeah. Can we come up with a different classification and not call these IPAs? Can we just call right. these like juice beers or something? Like I, I don't mind the juicy IPAs. Because you don't mind those, juicy IPAs. Right, because yeah. those are still hop forward. Mm -hmm. um, but the milkshake IPAs, you're, you're destroying everything that makes it an IPA. Yeah, there's just you happen these... to make it with hops, but hops is kind of essential to making beer anyway. So yeah, I don't I mean, know what makes it an IPA. <laughs> you're making this huge sugar bomb beer, and you're just like, well, I dry hopped it in, you know, in the secondary, so it's an IPA technically. It's technically an IPA. Yeah, right. and it's like ah, when I see that, yeah. I, I'm I expect X, you know. Right. I I would I would have way more respect for a brewery if they found a way to balance a hoppy and orange vanilla flavor instead of just, hey, let's dump a bunch of sugar in this because that's what this tastes like. And now it's still very good. I just, I'm getting really tired of these being called IPAs. Right. So. <laughs> Big, Big Spoon's always, like, I swear, every time I'm on the show, on chat. Anyway, Patreon. Sorry, guys. If you want to see what we're talking about, join the Patreon. So, yeah. It's not bad. This one's not bad. The Belgian? Um, yeah. I've definitely had much, much better Belgians. Um, we're kind of spoiled over here because there's the... Uh, uh, what is the one over in uh, Mount Angel? Mount Angel. Uh, the Benedict Brewing? Benedict, yeah. yeah. Benedictine. Or yeah. Benedictine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Benedictine Brewing, which is also a, a Belgian Abbey... Uh, brewery ran by the monks who go, yeah. <laughs> who go there. Um, so I'm a little bit biased, uh, but uh, this isn't bad. But it, it's missing a lot of that that clove and ester. A good, a good that what clove ester. The, the yeasty yeah. Belgian esters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like one of our favorite Belgian breweries is is now closed. Yes, uh, and that stinks. But man, there. Golden Strong was probably one of the best Golden Strongs I've ever had. Um, <laughs> True that. Uh, maybe now that they're closed, I'll, maybe I'll ask them for the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. He's like, you're never going to use it again. Let, let me have it. <laughs> <laughs> come on, bro. Be a bro. Yeah. Be a bro, bro. <laughs> come on, bro. He's bro. Exactly. All right. Well, that's enough of that. Let's go ahead and get into the news. Uh and we'll just jump straight into probably where all my dislikes on this show have come from. And that is the Oculus Rift announcement, or the Oculus announcement, as it were, uh, that everyone's been kind of waiting for, but had had not shown up yet. 
But that is, uh, today we are announcing some important updates to how people log into Oculus devices while still keeping their VR profile. Starting in October 2020, everyone using an Oculus device for the first time will need to log into Facebook. End quote. Uh, <laughs> if you're an existing user and already have an Oculus account, you'll have the option to log in with Facebook and merge your Oculus and Facebook accounts because that sounds like a great idea. Uh, oh, yeah. After January 1st, 2023, we will end support for Oculus accounts. So you will have to merge it with a Facebook account. Yeah. Yeah. And the reaction <laughs> was pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the, yeah, there's a lot wrong there. Um, I don't even know where to start. I mean, there's security issues. There is um, just the annoyance of having to do that, whether you have a Facebook account or not. Uh, the right. fact that they're not backwards compatible or, or keeping the Oculus account still available, it sounds like they're shutting it off very quickly. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. um, by October, all new users will be required to use Facebook. Yeah. So and you will no longer be able to create an Oculus account. Yeah, well, and then they're not going to uh, support be, an Oculus account for a while after that either. The, they'll be supported through January 2023. Um, okay. So still, you know, two and a half years still, away. Still two and a half years, yeah, but... But this was well, what we were afraid of when Facebook bought Oculus. Yeah. This is the one thing that we said, we're okay with this as long as you don't require Facebook to use your device. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. And now and now they're going to be tracking most likely all of the games you play, everything you do on Oculus. Right. Um, well, it's it's not only that, but they're also generating an ad profile on you by yeah. having a Facebook account. Uh they're hoping to get you to use Facebook and they're trying to integrate more of the games marketplace that they're trying to cultivate over there, although they've been very very poor at doing so. Yeah. Um Well, yeah, and they got their their new gaming channel that's coming out too, huh? Or the gaming <laughs> service channel, uh, streaming service, or whatever, because right. they're, they're trying to do something like Twitch. But take it, take it from someone who has seen the industry grow and grow to a point where it's mainstream. And I'm not just, I'm not talking like VR. I'm talking just PC gaming in general. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and that is forced integration never works if you force me to log into a service and i didn't log into that service by choice i will not use your service um ea is learning this with origin ubisoft is learning this with uplay yeah. uh epic is learning this uh that you can the only reason epic is getting a foothold right now is because they're giving so many games away but that's going to dry up eventually. Um, and the people who are on Steam who go, well, yeah, I can get a couple of free games over there or I can just buy it on Steam and all my you know, stuff is still in the same place. And I like Steam's friends integration and I like their yeah. service and, and they treat me right and everything else. Steam and good old games are kind of the two, you know, top end players yeah, in the yeah. industry. And it's because they're they're user focused and user centric, and they're giving users what they want. Um, whereas 
when EA said to play an EA game, you now have to create an Origin account and you have to download the Origin launcher and we're pulling all of our games over to us. How many people stopped buying EA games? I certainly did. I did, unless I got it for free. Right. I, I yeah. For um, a stream discount. <laughs> right. So, so here's my story with EA games, with EA and Origin, okay? So wind the clock back to like 2011, I want to say. Um, I had, I bought a retail disc copy of Need for Speed Shift. Um, I went to register that copy mm -hmm. with the CD key, brand new out of the box. It was in shrink wrap. It had the EA seal over, the, over both ends of the box. It was a brand new box, okay? I went home. I read. I went to install the game and register that CD key, and that CD key was my internet connection's unstable or yours is. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I saw just, that. Yeah, mine just mine just flickered. Hang on, I'm gonna try something on my end. Yeah, uh, I can tell you OBS isn't dropping any frames. Anyway, um, so I went home and tried to register the game and play the game. And it said, your, your CD key is invalid. It's already been used. And so right off the bat, I already had to call EA and say, no, I just bought the game. And then I had to send them in a scanned copy of the disc of the, uh, of the CD or of the CD itself, of the jewel case and of the CD key. And then they sent me a new CD key. And so I registered that new CD key and I was able to get online and play. Uh, that worked for about three months. And then all of a sudden, I went to log in using the the EA Games account that I had set up to register that CD key. Oh, were you on Wi-Fi? Yeah. Ah. Uh, so I went to log into the game, and it said, we're sorry, you don't have a valid version of this game. You can't play online anymore. And so I emailed back to EA, and I said, <laughs> what the crap? And they said, yeah, you're using an invalid CD key. And I'm like, it's the CD key you provided me yeah. in this previous email chain that I'm responding with because now this CD key isn't working either. Okay. So like I've already had two issues in inside of a month uh, of not being able to play this game. Uh, finally, they send me another CD key. I get that one. I run it for however long and, and then I stop using the game. Well, a couple years later, uh, they say, if you have an EA Games account, we're going to roll that into Origin, okay? So any game that you've registered uh, with an EA Games account and you provided a valid CD key for, uh, you'll get on, on Origin. So I said, okay, cool. So I went to log into my account and my account had been compromised and I had been locked out of my account. <laughs> yeah, so that actually I, happened to me too. So I get that fixed, uh, get on there. And hey, Need for Speed Shift showed up as a game that was registered to my account. So I, okay, cool. So I downloaded it and then I went to play it and I said, we're sorry, you don't have a valid CD key. You can't play online. So I called EA and they said, yeah, that's because you don't have a valid CD key for the game. And I said, but it's on my account and I've registered and here's the email chain. They said, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I that's mean, that, one no game. One game, well, I know, and you most likely just got like, you know, some customer service person basically, but yeah, that's, I think something like that happened to me, I think it was, was a Battlefield is, or uh, Call of Duty, I forget which one's on Origin, but uh, same thing, purchased it, 
uh or i got no i got it as a gift and i registered battlefield it. 4 was free for a while on origin um uh 1942 i think was free for a while on there yeah um, yeah it was, definitely, uh, it was that no it was after 1942 yeah. uh but yeah i i think it was either four or uh it wasn't one that what was there was one like a bank robbery one i forget what it was yeah um anyways but yes yeah, so something similar to where i had to get like a new key essentially to, to get mm -hmm. it to work and every time i downloaded it um or tried to run it, it would just freak out. Or I always had problems running Origin. I always wanted to play that game, but it seemed almost every time I went on, it would, oh, you have to update this now. You have to update your game to play. You have mm -hmm. to update the software to play. And it wasn't even the game. It was like, you have to update the Origin, you know, the the Origin front end or the Origin back end, the program that you're doing so you can play it. And it's going to take you 20 minutes to do it. And it's like, ah. Oh. Couple of people have said, "Boy, Jeff is really sour over that uh, over that EA game from you know almost ten years ago." Now, the problem is that was the first experience with Origin when they started up their service was them basically saying, "No, sorry, you don't own okay. this game," even though I had an email chain going back you know five years that said I did indeed. Um, it was for some reason now. At one point, I had done a name change uh, on EA. And so now I have two usernames, both of which had their passwords compromised, even though they were completely unique passwords to EA. But they've never disclosed that there was actually a compromise to the service. Um, I've been locked out of my account numerous times. Uh, I've gotten on there and I've gotten some of their free games, like uh, John was mentioning. You know, I, I picked up Battlefield 4 for free. Battlefield, I yeah. Up, I, I picked up a couple other games for free on there. But now they're on two separate accounts. And I still have issues. Um, I got, I, I was, I think I was trying to play Battlefield 3 one day. And it said, we're sorry, you don't have a valid license for this game. It's like, I downloaded it from your service. I, yeah, how do I not have it? <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and and that's been my experience since day one. And and this is nine years later. And and all of a sudden, Origin is folding. And they're, they're going, oh, we're just going to become like a, an online community now. And we're going to get rid of Origin and, and we're going to go back to Steam and, and whatnot. Do you know why they go back to Steam? It's because Steam takes care of their users. And and Steam has excellent customer service by by most regards. And, and most of my experiences with them have been excellent. Yeah. Um, and I've had issues with Steam. But you know what? That one issue was solved and then it never became an issue again. Whereas with or with EA, I had to call them up like four times to get Need for Speed Shift unlocked and i had the physical media for it as proof <laughs> and then yeah. eventually they just said screw it sorry you don't own that game well i mean and i just i wonder now with because steam basically seemed to have perfected that online menu and like you said customer service and facebook now seems to be like oh let's dip our toe in that with the oculus right and you're going to be like, okay, now are they going to require me to only play these VR games through their service? Or I have to sign up through – now, I one, I have to already sign up through Facebook mm -hmm. to play it. But are these, you know, Oculus or Facebook games only? Um, because I'm sure they'll probably release their own games that are, you know, only for Facebook or Oculus right. that are VR. And, heck, I'm sure they'll have a couple fun ones, you know, but – 
are they it's it seems almost every single online gaming platform other than steam has failed horribly because they've ne they didn't, haven't built the infrastructure behind it the customer service basis to handle all the errors that are probably going to happen and they just rushed it out right so i i another problem with this whole facebook oculus thing of uh, being required is super super annoying um like, like you said the ea and um there, there's a couple there's a couple things to this um there's the customer side of things there there's our side of i just want to buy games and play them i don't want to have to have i don't want an, yet another company tracking my usage yeah um you know uh, in some regards like like i own a google domain i i i'm on youtube for crying out loud um i google owns half my life they know they know who I am, but I know who they are. What are you gonna do? You know. Yeah. But the thing is, when there's seventy companies tracking your everyday life and 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 doing nothing but marketing to you, and uh, it gets a little weird. Like like I'm okay like selling my soul to one company. Yeah. <laughs> but all of them, I. You know, there there are some that I don't want to do business with, and Facebook it, is one of them. It's literally uh, it's literally like that um, Futurama episode where they they have like the i the iPhones or whatever the iPhone, yeah, yeah. And uh, hold all on, sudden, we just oh, need to install it. What do you mean yeah. install it? <laughs> yeah. And then um, all these ads start popping up for for Fry, just because they're basically like, oh yeah, I like that, and then they just start tracking all of his data. And you know what his needs are, or what they feel his needs are, and yeah, it, it does seem like it is going to become that again too, especially for you or, or other say um, YouTubers that are particularly gamers. And if they do need to review that uh, that game or that product, now you are an online presence, and you probably you might even have social media accounts. And the other bad part too is is. Facebook and Instagram are, are now the same thing. So, you know, you have multiple things. I Now, they didn't say, state this, but can I have an Instagram account and not a Facebook account? Um, I think they are the same thing at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so there's the customer side of things. There's the consumer side of things. But then there's also the business and developer side of this equation as well. Because much like Apple and Epic, which by the way, we'll get into Apple and Epic here in just a bit, but there's a parallel with Facebook forcing you to use Oculus and using the Oculus storefront for everything Oculus. Yep. Um, and look no further than uh, big screen VR. So here's a Twitter thread and I'm gonna do my best to kind of paraphrase this. Um, let's talk about how Facebook is screwing us in VR. Uh, Big screen VR, for those who don't know, is a basically a movie theater style VR game. Uh, not really a game, but it's a social media experience, experience. Yeah, where you put on the headset, you have an avatar, you sit in a room with other people in other headsets, but you can sit there and watch a movie at in a theater, in a living room, in whatever environment you want to be in. You can talk, you can interact, you can you know play games with people. Um, but big screen VR, one of their main goals was to become, quote, the iTunes of VR movie rental, uh, VR and 3D movie rental, because 3D effects, by the way, they work great in 3D games. They also work tremendously well in movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so, imagine seeing behind the movie, like what's going on. Right. And so basically what they were looking to do is charge $4.99 for a movie rental per admission. And so if you want to watch a movie with a bunch of your friends, you pay $4.99, you join the room, and then you all sit there and watch the movie. Um, they were doing digital distribution of these films, and they were doing it through their own storefront. The problem now is Facebook is going to force them to go through the Facebook storefront in order to do this checkout because Facebook wants their 30% commission. The problem is that at the $4.99 price point, they were only making about a dollar. Now, uh, with the Oculus uh, app fee, plus the Facebook monopolization of the app store, uh, they would lose more than a dollar for every dollar that Facebook makes. And so he goes, our business model is completely non-feasible now. It it cannot work uh, yeah. in this environment uh, without raising our price, which is then very anti-consumer because five bucks is in the gaming sense of things. Um, a rental, yeah. Yeah, it, it is a rental. Is that's that's free cash. That's you know I can drop that. I can drop. What happens I, if it's what happens if if it's eight or nine dollars because now the developer needs to take a cut. Yeah. Uh, and Facebook is going to get 30%. Um, all of a sudden, you're you're left with the same exact situation that Epic is fighting Apple with, with, with Fortnite, and which has been brought up in numerous different uh, antitrust thoughts. But Epic's really the first one that's taken them to court for it. Um, so, yeah, it's... This is going to get complicated very, very quick uh, for for Facebook, for developers, for people who have their own standing app stores and, and DLC content, itch.io, uh, you know, all of the independent storefronts that were, you know, charging you a dollar to make something. Well, yeah. if you're charging a, a dollar to to buy a VR game or have a VR experience or charging a, a $2 rental, what happens if all of a sudden you've got to give 30% right off the top to Facebook? Well, 30% was your profit margin. Do you raise by 30% so you can get the same, so you can literally make the same amount of money as Facebook now? Do you raise by more so you get a bigger cut? But you're well, also... Well, if you're a new company too, then and you know you probably can't do that. You need to keep that low price point to entice people to come in. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just, it, yeah. It, like I said, there's so many, so many angles of this you can look at. There's something bad just about every angle. And nothing really that's saying, oh, that's actually not too bad. That's pretty good. Nothing's really pointing to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole situation is a mess. And eventually, well, t taking it back to EA. Um, and, and you can also equate this to a lot of the independent or independent, um, the multiple different streaming services we have to subscribe to now if you want to watch one show or another where netflix was trying to be the steam of of the video world where if you want to watch a movie you have a netflix subscription you pay eight bucks a month and you get whatever show you need yep. and if everyone pays eight dollars everyone makes money now netflix makes more than abc and universal and you know you go down the list of netflix obviously takes a larger percentage, but it's not like the other, you know, uh, produ production yeah. companies and networks and whatnot weren't making money by having their content on there. Um, 
but all of a sudden you have some breakouts from that and CBS going, well, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to, we're going to go make our own streaming service with, without blackjack and hookers. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's like, okay, well, while Netflix has a very enticing category, you know, Ca in, catalog, in, uh, an enticing library and catalog of, of things that I might want to watch. Um, what is CBS going to give me? Well, we've got CSI and NCIS and Star Trek. Okay, so if I'm a fan of those, maybe that's worth two bucks a month. You want $10 a month? That's more than I was giving Netflix to get a hundred times the, the library. The content, well, Sorry, yeah. but we need to make our money so we can keep this content rolling. Yeah, and no, our content No, you just wanted your like own unique. piece of pie. Yeah, exactly. And and now, how many streaming services are there? I, I've completely lost count. There's one for every network, basically. There's one for every network. Uh, plus, there's one for almost every single uh, cable channel you would ever want. Except oh, yeah. ESPN, which you still have to get bundled in with a, with a larger service. So you can't yeah. just get ESPN streaming on it, its own. I think that's still like Apple. That's like streamed in with Apple or something like that. No, you Apple. have to have a cable service. You have, oh, you have to have a cable or satellite <laughs> service uh, to get ESPN on demand. Uh, um, no, I think I think they're with Apple Plus now. I think you can, can you get, get ESPN on Apple. I Plus? think get, it's like because I, I remember seeing a commercial today or yesterday. Well, like, get... is it actual ESPN or is it ESPN Plus, which was basically ESPN the Ocho? Um, uh, so know, I so know. I so I fell into Whatever. this yeah. because uh, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I, well, this is many years ago. I've, I've cut the plug and, and, uh, you know, went completely streaming. Um, and I think I had a $30 account with PlayStation view when they first launched, but then 30 became 60 within like nine months. And I went, screw this. I'm out. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't down with paying a hundred dollars to satellite anymore. I was okay with paying 30 bucks to get like discovery and ESPN. But if you guys aren't even going to play ball at 30 bucks, then I'm out. And, and I cut the cord and I've never been happier. Uh, but um, ESPN started advertising that they had ESPN Plus and you could sign up for like six bucks a month and you could watch college football and professional basketball and professional soccer. Like, and, yes. and, and I went, okay, if I can get like even half of my games that I want to watch. And I got my VPN. <laughs> six, six bucks is, is totally worth it. So I signed up on a college football Saturday, like, like on like middle, you know, middle of September, you know, right, right at the beginning of conference season. Yeah. You're like, and, and um, there's that game I want to see. Right. There's one game I want to see. I'll give you my six bucks and, and let's go. And uh, they said, yeah, you can watch hundreds of college football games. It was literally like Alabama A&M at Marquette. <laughs> that was my single division A game that I could watch on that Saturday. That was the only game. There were also two two uh, uh, Division three games that were on. Yeah. And that like, was all of the college Hundreds football. of community college football teams. Right. <laughs> In our area, it may, have, may as well have been Chemeketa at Willamette. <laughs> yeah. what, was, what was broadcasting on ESPN Plus for $6 <laughs> a month. Um, and I... I, I had the service for all of about 10 minutes and I went to cancel my account and they said, sorry, you're still in your free trial. You can't cancel yet. Oh, what the I hell I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've had that. I even go on that. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone the day before I have to do it. So my card does not get charged again. Right. 
Oh, and then, and then they charged me early. Uh, actually, that happened yeah. recently too. But yeah. I was like, screw you guys, I canceled. No, but yeah, it, it, it's all the same thing. Um, it consumers win when a company is all about giving to the consumer and taking a fair chunk. Consumers lose when the source company wants every last dollar for themselves. They they don't want a third party, you know, in the middle of, of whatever they're doing. Um, even though that's what they claim movie theaters do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which they don't. Um, so, yeah, we, we had the golden age of streaming. The golden age of streaming has passed because now you have to subscribe to all of this other these other channels. And when it's like, oh, it's six bucks here and seven bucks there and 10 bucks there. And then, you know, you, Disney Plus is really the only one that's worth it anymore at eight bucks a month. It's the only one. And it's and it's only worth it if you have kids. Yeah, that was going to say, because really, there's not a whole the lot. The Mandalorian of was great. It was all great. 10 episodes of it. Yeah. If uh, I can you, binge it in a week, it ain't worth eight bucks a month. I'm sorry. You know, what's, what's funny is I started re-watching it uh, because the new season is supposed to be coming out really soon. So I want to kind of refresh my course. I was like, you know, this is good. It's actually not as easy to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot slower because I think all the anticipation, I know what's going to happen. And I think it's probably just because it's still really fresh uh, in my mind. But um, but yeah, the, as far as Disney+, Plus, there really isn't a whole lot of uh, good original content. But if you're like, what Disney movie cartoon series, I got I got my kid, sit down, go. And it's, it's portable. Yeah. You know, that it's great like that. And um, uh, Apple TV, no. And it is ESPN Plus on Apple TV. So you're correct. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jeff, how are you watching the Blazer games? Where's my pirate hat? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I do right now have a Hulu subscription. Uh, so I am watching legitimately through Hulu's live broadcast. It's 55 a month. I'm not happy at that price point. Um I signed up at the beginning of the NBA season, um, and it's really because, uh, for those who don't follow uh, Northwest Sports News, you know, there's, I know, I, I just excluded 98% of my audience, but for those who don't know, Comcast likes to go into sports markets, buy up the sports market, and then try to resell you cable. Yeah. Um, and their cable packages are as predatory as their internet packages are. Uh, and, and they try to get you to bundle everything together so you can get your cable internet and your, your cable TV and your, your voice over IP and whatever other services they can give you. Um, because they try to get like 250 bucks a head, uh, is when they're going out and selling services. Well, I, I would rather not give Comcast $1, although they're the only high speed provider in my area. Well, no, you have choices. Yeah, I have a DSL provider. I can get 1.5 megs. Woohoo. Um, if I didn't want Comcast, which I considered. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I, I did at the beginning of the basketball season sign up for Hulu. Uh, when the pandemic hit, I went, okay, well, this, this may not last too long. And so I just kind of kept the subscription up just in case. And uh Actually, I thought I had canceled it in June. Turns out I didn't cancel it in June, so I paid for July without realizing it. But then we started up back in August, so we're we're good to go. Um, so yeah, I'm been watching all the NBA games on Hulu. Oh, 
I would have given you my password. <laughs> like, here do you go. have the Hulu live streaming or do you have just a, a Hulu account? No, no. Uh, uh, Direct TV. Oh, okay. So. Well, you uh, you can't get NBC Sports Northwest on Direct TV. You have to be a Comcast customer to get it. Uh, and uh, yes, but all the games are also broadcast on TNT. Uh, only the national games are. Only the national which games. Is, which is 19 of the 82 Yes, but right now, right now with, in the playoffs, right now you, in the playoffs, it's fine. You could right, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's like Directv is going. Well, we have Blazer games too. Yeah, you have less than a quarter of them. Yeah, I don't cons. Well, yeah, we have, we have the minimum package. So right. right. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, Comcast literally will not. Uh, Comcast with uh, NBC Northwest uh, contract ends in 2021. Yeah, but they also re-upped it in 2018, which is when it was supposed to end as well. Um, so, yeah. Sounds like Jeff is canceling Hulu tonight. No, I'll keep it on. Um, I've I've done some of the streaming sites before. Um, there's a couple that I've gone to for, for out-of-market games and things like that. Um, there is something to be said for just being able to turn on the TV and click your remote once and be done. And know you're going to get a 1080p signal. Yeah, I I, I hate having <laughs> and, like, instead of a 720 that fades to 640 that then buffers for you know for, six minutes and then cuts in out inexplicably like this and just froze. Right. And then they're on two plays later. Like what happened? Right. <laughs> or the best one is when uh, is when it actually stutters on itself and reverse rewinds like two minutes. <laughs> Has that happened to you? No, that's never happened to me. Yeah, yeah. This happens all the time with me when I'm trying to do those sites is uh, is it'll like glitch out for a second and then you'll get the loading thing. Oh, and yeah. then it'll literally like go back in time two minutes and play the same segment over again. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, we're going back to where we were perfectly fine buffering and, and hopefully our load your load time will work. Right, right. How's that Belgian? Getting any better? It's good. I, I, I want to preface this with it's good. It's a good beer. It's not a great Belgian. Um, the Belgian notes are so far back in the flavor. Um, it's it's malty good. Um, if you told me this was a very high malty Irish red, yeah. I'd believe you. Yeah. Um, this is not an Irish red. This is supposed to be a, an Abbey Triple. Um this ain't no Abbey Triple. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, those, those are pretty malty, but yeah, you're correct. It's supposed to have these uh, spice notes. It's supposed right. to have it, the clove. It's supposed to clove the, ester, cinnamon, es you ester, know. Cinnamon. Yeah. The, the, the chai. yeast has a very unique flavor, and it's like, it's it sounds more like, oh, we built a Belgian Trippel recipe, and we put American yeast into it. That's kind of what it tastes like. <laughs> you know. um, I, I think you hit it right on the head, that... Like I said, it's a very good beer. I'm enjoying this beer, but it is certainly not a Belgian Abbey Belgian. style ale. Yeah. It, it, it Belgian inspired. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, if you called it Belgian inspired, not brewed by monks, I'd I'd believe oh, the former is, rather is, than the latter. Is it brewed by monks? I didn't hear it's, that. Uh, yeah, Abbey Brewing Company, made with care and prayer. Like oh, it's made oh. by monks in New Mexico. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought so. It Exactly like Benedictine, so I'm yeah. expecting Benedictine. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> novella hub. John got Jeff's walls sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine's real. This is real wood. Oh, oh well, that side is. That, that side. side. That side. Yeah, oh, yeah, that side. Yeah, that's that's that's. That's what he was talking about. That, well, that's like that's like Jeff sloppy seconds slash by my bit sloppy thirds. Right. At least I didn't paint mine white. Uh, you should take take a Dremel to it. I hear that ends well. I hear that. Yeah, I hear that does great to it. Yeah. Uh huh. I I'll just paint it the exact same color as my wall used to be, and I'll <laughs> have my lens not focus on the texture, so it basically looks just like it was. Just like a white wall. Just like a white wall. <laughs> uh. Anyway, speaking of Apple. And, and Epic and their situation that's going on right now. Uh, so the latest in the Apple-Epic battle, um, Epic-Apple battle? Epic-Epic-Apple battle? Yeah. Technically, Epic's the aggressor, but Epic-Epic-Apple Epic battle sounds way better. Yeah. The Epic-Apple <laughs> battle. Dun, dun. Uh, Let it go! <laughs> this time it's personal. Uh, it's unreal. <laughs> It's unreal. There you go. <laughs> EA Sports. It's in the game. Uh, so the epic Apple battle rages on um, in that Apple has now not only threatened, but I guess is going to carry through with cutting off developer tools from Epic and basically canceling their developer account. Yeah. Uh, because of the... Uh, non-following of policy that Epic has been doing in the game store that led to the removal of the Fortnite app. Um, so this battle is heating up rather quickly. Now, I'll say this. Apple doesn't care about you, and Epic doesn't care about you. I'll be very clear about those two points. <laughs> um, Apple wants its money because it makes money from the App Store. Uh, Apple makes more money from iPhone sales and the App Store than it does from pretty much any other branch of their business. I say pretty much, it's not even close. Um, that is where they make their money. Um, and the reason they make their money is because they take that 30% cut. And when you have a billion customers who are all giving you 30% on every dollar, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, plus you sold them a $900 phone that costs you $175 to manufacture. Um, but that's another story. Uh, so Apple wants their money. Epic wants their money. Um, Epic decided to institute their own DLC and, and in-game purchases into Fortnite. Apple said, well, that violates iTunes store policy, app store policy. So we are going to remove your app from the, the app store. Um, Epic countered by suing them, saying that you don't have the right to force us to use your app store in your ecosystem. Um, so this this argument has much, much bigger connotations than Epic versus Apple. Yeah. Um, I've been avoiding talking about this subject because I don't want to, number one, clickbait. I also don't care. <laughs> um, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about Fortnite. Um, no. I do care about the larger issue that's at stake here, though. And that is 
how much of a right do these companies have? And I'm talking Apple with the iPhone and iOS. I'm talking Facebook and Oculus. I'm talking um, Microsoft and programs you install into Windows. How much of a draconian uh, policy can these companies institute on devices that you technically own? You go out and you buy an iPhone. Your only choice for software is the App Store, period. Now, people say, oh, you can jailbreak. It's against Apple policy to jailbreak. Yeah, and guess what? That now devices scratch and will never be serviced again. Right. Well, yes and no. But just as long as you never need a battery replacement. Um, <laughs> uh, but how much say does Apple have when they sell you a device, how you use that device? This this court case may decide that. And that's what makes it interesting. Um, I've been a longtime proponent of, number one, right to repair, um, which Apple is not a fan of. Uh, and I love that Apple touts how eco-friendly their devices are and how easy they are to recycle and what what you know sustainable materials they're they're putting into their iPhones yet on the other side of it they're demanding and blocking as much as they possibly can the repair of those devices to keep them usable for for longer and keep them out of landfills because eventually the phones will end up in landfills recycling almost never happens because apple number one, won't pay you for your device. Uh, they're, they're not going to say, oh, if you recycle your device... You get we'll, a discount, blah, blah, blah. We'll give blah, you blah. a fair value. No, yeah. they'll, they'll go like, if you pay us $10, we'll recycle your device for you. Or we'll pay you $10. It's like, well, I'd rather keep the device in my junk drawer and then four years from now throw it away rather than just get $10 for it when it could sell used for 170 still. You know, those are... <laughs> that's the economics of things. I'm either, uh, you know, gung-ho enough to sell my device on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or eBay or, you know, Gazelle or wherever I happen to sell things at uh, versus Apple just going, you know what? We'll give you 10 bucks for it. Yeah. So, and then if I don't sell it at all, it sits in the junk drawer and then it gets thrown away. So... However, if I were able to repair said devices, then that might be a thing. Then it's a great little hand-me-down. It's a great little hand-me-down. You know, I've got kids. They don't need top-of-the-line devices. They're fine with... Uh, we have, I think, two iPad Airs, which is the fifth-generation iPad. We're up to, what, the 13th-generation iPad, I want to say? 12th? 13th? If not, yeah, if not, if not about to be newer Something soon. Something like that? Yeah. Right. Um... It gets fuzzy because in the middle there, you they had the new iPad, which was literally a model number of the new, of one of the iPads. I think that was the seventh or eighth generation iPad. But I digress. Um, but yeah, it's uh, how much ownership do you have over your device, and are you able to install your own software? 
are you able to, is another company able to set up their own web store and sell you software for that device? Um, the reason I think Apple hasn't been brought up on antitrust charges like a Microsoft was or is simply because of the point that they don't, Apple doesn't have a monopoly of the entire handheld market. They own 40% of it. They own 35% of it compared to Android. Um, now, that's still a good chunk, but you know there's an alternative and you're choosing to buy into the Apple ecosystem. And by buying an iPhone, you're making that choice. So there is something to be said that from Apple's perspective, well, there is another alternative. You can go buy another device. You can go buy an, an Android phone and Godspeed. Yeah. Um, but the size of Apple kind of counters that argument and, and the number of devices that they have sold and the numbers that they tout in every single one of their their shareholder meetings and and every single every three months when they have a a press event we have to see oh they they've sold 1.7 billion ios devices since the inception in 2006 um they've sold you know there there are 700 million active active ios devices around the world they tout these numbers every single every single time uh before they announce the next device that you have to go buy yeah yeah um and so when you have a market share that large, that also brings some antitrust along with it. Um, so this court case will be monumental in deciding not only can you buy Fortnite from another platform um, and from another store and can Fortnite circumvent in-app purchases, which the argument for Apple kind of breaks down where, there's, where they say any application, you have to make the purchase through us. Right? That's what they say. If you wanna if you wanna download Fortnite, you have to download it from the App Store. And if you want to buy a skin for Fortnite, you have to buy the skin through the App Store. And Apple has to have its 30% credit. Um well that kind of breaks down with subscription movies and Amazon and magazine subscriptions and yeah. everything else. I I don't recall giving Apple 30% of my Netflix subscription, even though I logged in through Netflix and I can make a purchase on my iOS device through Netflix. I don't remember giving Apple a 30% cut of my Amazon Prime membership. I don't remember giving them a 30% cut of my Costco membership. I don't remember giving them a 30% cut every time I buy something on Amazon. And so that argument kind of breaks down when that service already exists with other services. Well, uh, another interesting aspect about this whole Epic and uh, Apple issue is that they're also going to not, uh, like you said, their development license, which will no longer then support the Unreal Engine. Right. And it's not just games we're talking about. It's not just Fortnite. Um, TV shows, like, the, you know, uh, another aspect that Apple, uh, one of their products that they portray is for like video editing and big box company video editings and for high-end graphics the Unreal engine is a industry standard now yes and it is. and come and, and, you know I, the the next update mm -hmm. you, you're screwed <laughs> you know right. you, you, you can't do anything apple is on the 
the precipice of unveiling Apple Glass, their, their glasses, which are augmented reality. How's the 3D rendering going to be done? Yeah. In third-party applications. I guarantee 30 to 70%, somewhere in a large section of that bell curve, is going to be with Unreal. Because oh, yeah. Unreal supports the metal architecture, it supports iOS through and through, um, or the metal API, rather. Um, and you get bare metal performance in your 3D rendered applications and and your AI processing and everything else, which is what Unreal delivers. Yep. So... Good yeah. luck. Yeah. That, that's Well, as soon as I heard that they're, they were doing the Unreal Engine, I was like, I almost want to sit there and say they're trying to call a bluff on Epic. And I know Epic's already... You Epic's know, trying it, to call the bluff on Apple. Or, or yeah. It, it's I, going I, they, both ways. Yeah, they're, they're going... Everyone's just basically raising the bet. Uh, right. they're, they're, you know, oh, 50 down. Oh, you, I see your 50. Here's another 50. Right. You know, it's essentially just Riker versus data. Right. <laughs> of like, I, I don't know how to bluff. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And the Riker's like, I, I know I got the hand here, but I'm going up against an Android. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. I, but this will um, define what app marketplaces will be not only on handhelds but on a lot of other devices yeah. uh these ecosystems exist in much smaller niches than the apple app store if you think to your smart tvs and samsung sells applications through a samsung app store on a samsung smart tv lg does the same thing vizio yep. does the same thing sony sony does it on their flipping cameras my my A5100 has an app store. There's four applications you can buy for it, and one of them is to enable time-lapse shooting for $5.99. So I have a Sony username and account, and I got online and I bought that application, and so now my A5100 can shoot time-lapse photos. <laughs> is there a free alternative? Is there another alternative? Could a third party come in and integrate their software to this package? And can Sony block them? Is this... I, I don't know. But this will define much more than Apple versus Epic. Yeah. This may also boil down into right to repair. Because does Apple have the right to seize counterfeit parts? Well... That doesn't exist in the car market unless you're marketing it as OEM, but you can market it as we made this part for a Toyota Corolla and Toyota can't do crap because they have to allow that part to be sold. Um, so Apple's argument to the right to repair is, well, what's to stop someone from putting a you know counterfeit uh, screen into, into an iPhone? Well, that's a choice for the consumer to make. Yeah. Because Apple, you don't own the phone anymore. Um, so I don't know how far reaching this court case will be and, and where that gavel will fall. I'm actually very curious to find out which side it does fall on. Well, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be resolved anytime soon. And unfortunately, uh, Apple's decision to stop um, their license ends August 28th. So right. I, I don't think anyone's going to be blinking anytime soon. 
I'm, I'm, I think we're not even going to hear about anything, probably not to like maybe next year of a judge saying, I kind of see one point of this. So I'm going to rule on that point. And there's a million other points that still need to go on. And so what is, what, what will Apple do? What will other devices do? What will other development companies do? It'll be interesting to see those articles of, you know, what's going to happen. And will Apple try to come out with their own alternative to stay within the realm? And then, you know, how sucky will it be because they had to release it so fast? Yep. Uh, Epic signed a contract with Apple, then broke that contract. But here's the rub. Was that contract illegal from Apple's end? Does Apple have the right to define what software you as a consumer are allowed to install on your device and where you as a consumer are allowed to source your software? That's the question here. Um, contract breach or not, a contract can still be illegal. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be the crux of everything that happens here. Um, is, is Epic in the right by circumventing Apple's App Store policies? We don't know. No. All right. Well, I'm, I'm all out of a beer. I'm, I'm getting close to mine. So if you want to open yours. Uh, all right. I have a, uh, uh, coastal IPA from, um, destination unknown. If you saw my latest video, that was 22 minutes long of describing my latest Tavor double crate <laughs> opening. God, that the the PC couldn't handle that long of a video. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's an IPA with coconuts, mango, and vanilla. So it's another milkshake uh, IPA. Uh, it just happened to be, oh, it was on the top of the boxes, and I threw it in the fridge. Yep. So, so you're going all in on those milkshakes tonight after giving them such hell in the intro. Again, it was, I, I do have others. I, I did save a, a Russian river. I have a sour from Russian oh, river. There we go. So I have that. And then I have a uh, standby classic, uh, Dawn of the Red. Mm. So always a classic, but. Love me a Dawn of the Red. I do. So good. But I like to save that one for like, you know, everyday drinking. Yep. Um, figured I'd open this up. Let's see if he gets this pour right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that head's building off a quick. It oh is. no, it's one third of head. Uh, oh, it's a Jeff pour. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is all the can in there? This is. Oh my gosh. This isn't a 16 ounce glass. That I would have um, made it fit. Uh, <laughs> Water is compressible, right? Wait, is it is it past ten yet? Okay, hang on. No, <laughs> can't make any more jokes. I'll make another joke at ten o'clock. Stay around to the ten o'clock hour till my joke comes to fruition. Better yet, join us in the after show. Okay, that's better. It's nowhere near as sweet. Nowhere near as sweet. Um, Although I'm not getting any of those flavors. So what what did someone say? American Cosmos oh, yeah, said yeah. suddenly 
I, suddenly I just realized that John reminds me of the hair, or John reminds me hair-wise of that Battlefield Earth film. <laughs> that is the most niche dig I have ever heard in my life, and I freaking love it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the the protagonist or John Travolta? No, I'm. Th I think he's talking to the protagonist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a wild man, John. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get any of those flavors. I don't get coconut, mango, a little little bit of coconut at the front end. Uh, no mango, no vanilla. I'll say at the very end of this beer, I started getting some more Belgian flavors. Uh, they started coming up a little bit as, the, as it warmed up. It's still not nearly as bold as it should be um, for a, a Trapel, you know, 9.2% yeah. Belgian. It wasn't even close. It's a good beer. All of the flavors that I experienced were very, very good. I, I don't fault this beer for not being enjoyable. I felt it for not being the style that it set out to be. I almost I almost wonder if it was like a double version or a, of like their regular Belgian and all they did was just increase the malt that kept the same hops and yeasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, but just increase the malt because you're saying it's just extremely sweet. Yeah, it's a very, very sweet. Uh, very, very malty. Um, not syrupy sweet, surprisingly, but still... Malty. Candy sweet. Candy sweet. Um, mm. Right. Um, like Lifesaver kind of kind of sweet. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to go get my other beer out of the fridge. Okay. What does he have? What does everyone... Anyone else in chat? Uh, have you ever... Uh, are you guys on your second drink? Any drinks? What is everyone drinking now? Let us know. Big, big spoon. Shout out to the after party, not the after show. Jeff, you had it wrong. It's the after party. It is a party. After party. You, you are correct. Ev everyone is invited as long as you are on Patreon. <laughs> you are correct. And, Thank you. And, and to join Patreon, there is the link in the description below. And it is only a minimum of a dollar, but more is always welcome. And it is, I will have to state, one of the best, best Patreon Discord channels I have ever been on. I am on quite a few, a few other tech ones, and this is by far the most active, most diverse, and most friendly and welcoming. And I sound like an advertised used car salesman, but it is actually all truth. And the only reason is because I've stated this speech so many times. That's this polished. I know, you're impressed. But no, really, it is that good. It's not the word I was going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as good as you introing every talking head. You're like, right. uh, I, I know what I'm supposed to say, but I forgot. <laughs> you know what? I got everything in and the Patreon thing. You today, did. You so. did. Yeah, I know. I was going uh, like, to. Uh, I'm ready to catch that one. And, oh, he said it. Okay. Okay. I was actually about to ask you if you had it written down. I don't. <laughs> I've never written it down. Uh so this is uh what crooked save? You say yeah. Crooked, crooked stab, save yeah. uh, uh Adam by Adam beer. So got anime freaker is drinking a Lagunitas super cluster right now. Skull has a 
Back Pocket Brewing Ray Gun IPA Volume 2. Ooh, because you sent me the Ray Gun one. That was a very good beer. Hey, um, hey John, you see that? You see that, pour? You see that? That's a 12-ounce beer on a 12-ounce, uh, or I think it's a 14-ounce. 14-ounce glass. 14-ounce glass. 16-ounce. <laughs> uh, Still a good pour. 12-ounce glass. I've got... Still a good pour. Yes, no, that's a good pour. Yeah. Yeah. Get a bigger beer. <laughs> it's 9.2. No, good volume size. <laughs> volume, yeah. Yeah. I, I will say the problem wasn't with your volume to glass ratio. Your problem was with your head to liquid ratio. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Someone's uh, asking in chat for uh, a shot of my living room. I did take one. And <laughs> yeah. if if you want to... All right, so I will post this. If you are in part of the Discord, you will see this post. Again, some of the cool, uh, interesting things you get to see on the Discord. Talking head. There we go. Post. Uh, Reverend just cracked a Maid Marion by Two Towns. Maid Marion is a good, nice, nice raspberry it's cider. One, one of my favorite ciders from them. Yeah, no, that's a great. Uh, it really does taste like just raspberry juice, essentially. Whew. How's that one? So that's the bourbon barrel aged sour uh, alt beer, right? Whew. Yes. <laughs> yeah, alt beers are weird. Wow. <laughs> that's about all I can say right now for a review. Wow. Ah, I'm gonna have to come back to that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. They almost, it, to me, alt beers almost taste like they were got infected by accident. They're like, oh, this is the alternative. alternative <laughs> <beer>. Right. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one anyway. certainly tastes infected. Yeah, I know. It's, they're uh... they're interesting. Anyways, sorry. It might be growing on me, but... Well, it, hopefully that's I, good bourbon. And that's the other thing. It might just be like aged in bourbon barrels for three months. Right. You know? Maybe they went with the uh, the PAP standard and it touched right. bourbon at one point. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the LaCroix of barrel aging. <laughs> Past a semi, which contained bourbon bottles. <laughs> All right. Moving oh. right along here. Uh, Microsoft has confirmed the inevitable, and that is the death of Internet Explorer. That's not who the death bell tolls for. It tolls for IE. The. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, it's the uh, Explorer and, isn't it? Um, and Edge Legacy. Yeah. So the IE base of Legacy is is also, which was supposedly built from the ground up. It was Internet Explorer. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, Windows 10 was built from the ground up, and it still has 16-bit code from the Windows 2 days. Don't, don't tell me it's built from the ground up if you're reusing code that's 30 years old. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> a surprise eTechnics article. I I do try to troll my friends' sites, not troll them, but like phishing troll. Uh, 
if I find a relevant article and they happen to post a version of that article, I will post their version of the article on the show. So you'll see a lot yeah, of that. I, I, I saw that. I was like, hey, I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> Hi, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't write this one. Um, no, Mike. Mike does most of the writing on the website, uh, and Andy's the uh, the front man on YouTube. Anyway, uh, so Microsoft has confirmed the inevitable, and that is the final, finally, death of Internet Explorer and its Edge bastard child. Um, and they have a timeline even for it. Uh, so if we scroll down here, August 17th is the announcement. November 30th, Microsoft Teams will stop supporting Internet Explorer 11. That's a pretty quick turnaround for Microsoft. Usually they're like, in two years, yeah. we'll stop providing things for it. Uh, but we'll March still run it for another two. <laughs> right, March 9th, Microsoft Edge Legacy, end of life. Edge will be dead. March 9th, 2021. And August 17th, 2021, Microsoft 365 stopped supporting IE entirely. Uh, so all of your Office 365 products will have to find new life elsewhere. Probably on Chrome, but you could also use Edge Chromium if you'd like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, IE is dead. Long live Edge, I guess. Follow the rest of that story. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Edge is not horrible. Edge Chromium is not horrible. I, I actually have it pinned on my start bar yep, uh, I, on my PC here. Uh, I don't I have a shortcut on my desktop, but it's yeah. my third browser option, but it's there <laughs> and it's yeah. installed and I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> mind it. Uh, it's it's my second option. So um Oh, it surpassed Firefox for you. Yes, it did actually. Wow. Uh I don't know. Just there, I've had some just issues with Firefox. So okay. uh, Firefox is the third. Yeah. Um, I think it was more of just, oh, this is new. Okay, I'll move it over. Yeah. Type of a thing. Yeah. I, I installed the beta of it. I've been using it since the beta. I've been very happy with it so far. Um, yeah. Certainly not enough to eclipse Chrome yet, but at the base of it, it's still just Chrome. Um, it, it is still Chrome. I do notice less RAM usage uh, a little bit. Not well, we talked much. about that, and that's a that's a Windows feature, not a not a Chromium. Not or... a Chromium feature, and right. and so it's it's it, you know if again it's that's a little home cooking for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it's a solid browser. It's a very solid browser. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. Although, call me. Um, but uh, main, mainly the reason it hasn't surpassed Chrome is the fact that I live in Google. I live in a Google environment. If I lived in a Microsoft environment, I probably would have switched over to, to Edge yeah. at this point um, because integration is always better uh, with, with native products. So um, uh, what's your guys' time at? Minnesota, it's 11, 18. Uh, we're two hours behind you. We're behind uh, Pacific you. time. Nine. Yeah. I like using Chrome since your bookmarks and browser history gets saved across devices. And that's that's one of my primary uses for it is uh, I have on a daily basis, five devices that I drive, uh, cell phone, laptop, and uh, between two and three desktops. Um, 
And if I look something up on this desktop and I need to go across the room and install something on the other desktop using the reference I just looked up, it's awesome to just pull up the last tab that you had up on here over there. Yeah. Um, that is like one of my primary use cases for Chrome and why I let Google know every site that I visit. It's so that I can remember every site that I visit. Um, although do yourself a favor and never go look at Google Maps history. Oh God, yeah, it's it's freaky because it's it'll track scary. you. It's I mean, even even when you uh, turn your GPS off, it's yeah. like, no, we, 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 st we still know where you're at. <laughs> right, we still know where you're at. We're, we're just, you know, 50 yards off instead of six feet off. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, we know you went to that block. We just don't know what house. Right, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I've told this story before, but uh, I was looking at Google Maps one day and I happened to click on the history tab and I went, oh, this is really interesting. And, and I saw this one weird jet off in an area that I live in that I didn't remember visiting. And I went, well, that's weird. Um, and so I clicked on it and it said, oh, on May 27th, you visited this location. And, and I went, oh, that's right. I went to a comedy show way out, way out yonder. Yeah. And, uh, and it happened to be at this winery that was in an area of town that I never, ever go to. Um, and sure enough, it had me driving in on the road that I took to the comedy show. It then had me driving back on the road. It knew that I stopped at 7-Eleven for seven minutes on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> um, Talk it about then Big followed Brother. me because I, I, I took one road in and I took a second road back because I took back roads to get back to the house because it was late at night and I wanted to have fun in the Z car. Um, and uh, and so it had me tracked on the back roads coming back to the house. So it had the full circle that I had done and exact minute markers of where I was and what I was doing. And that's just for a random Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I can I retrace my, te my steps in Vegas and tell you what hotels I was at, what hour of CES. Yeah, it's it's a little freaky uh yeah. you know and even like i was saying like you can still turn your gps tracking off on your phone but they'll still ping your cell tower and they still tr uh you know triangulate uh, triangulate yeah. that um or if you're on a wi-fi hotspot, they'll still triangulate that um and the reason and they do that is if you have a gmail account on on your cell phone you have to log into that gmail account about every 15 minutes sometimes once an hour um well, when you log into Google, it grabs your IP address and it also grabs geolocation however it can. And so if you have a cell phone, it's going to triangulate your geolocation to get a login location to make sure that you are still you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you were here and this is a reasonable distance. You probably traveled. Okay, you're not in it's Taiwan. It's a security feature, number one, and it does work. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard to fault them for that. But at the same time, it's also kind of freaky that at I no like, point during the trip to the comedy place that I went to, had I used GPS to get there. <laughs> yeah, it, it is freaky. And then you're like, what are they doing with that? <laughs> right. You know, there, there's plenty of times a lot of companies will sit there. Oh, we do nothing with their data. It's totally, totally secure. And then five years comes out later, you know. Oh yeah, we we were totally selling that data. Right. 
Yeah. Mm. But yeah, speaking of phones, though. Yes. Um, you you had one going a, into the grave and one coming out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you really enjoyed, if I remember correctly, your BlackBerry. I never owned a BlackBerry. I thought you did own a BlackBerry. I Damn owned a BlackBerry. You. No. I thought I thought you owned a BlackBerry. No. I was a palm boy. Oh, okay. I owned a BlackBerry. Yeah, no, I, I, I was Palm, then Handspring, and then back to Palm okay. uh, when they bought the bastard child company that the owners, or that the original founders went off and founded at Handspring. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it became Palm again. Um, no, I, I had a, a Handspring visor uh, with a GSM modem on it, which would act as a cell phone, and it had a little speaker that attached to it, and there was a microphone down at the bottom of you. That was back when it was called a PDA. Oh, yeah. A PDA with a PDA. cell phone module. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's what I had. Um, but no, uh, for the longest time, I was a Palm Trio 650. Uh, that was my cell phone of choice for almost five years. And if you think in life ter- lifespans of cell phones, it was five years on that cell phone. Oh, yeah, I know. I have... I have- uh, people in my office are like, oh, are you getting the latest uh, Android? And I was like, no. no. I usually last four or five years before yeah. I, I buy it, unless it like completely shatters and breaks. Right. No. And, and sometimes, I think my longest was like seven years. Yeah. I had a phone because uh, I was on like the Android uh, uh, or not Android, but like uh, Galaxy three or something like that and my wife was on eight nine and then she just handed me down her or eight and she handed me down hers and so i yeah. jumped this huge gap yeah um just because she kept taking my updates yeah anymore i go about every two to three is what i try to do um uh couple of them have been forced, forced early upgrades. A couple of them have been like, well, that was a bad decision. I need a new phone in six months. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I try to stretch it out to about three years anymore. But um, yeah, five years, I, I had my original Palm, uh, my original Palm Trio 650. I, I bought it at release and I didn't use it until the iPhone 3GS came out and I went and bought an iPhone 3G <laughs> to tell you a timeline for it. Um. And it's not that I didn't try other phones in that time, but if you think of the smartphone market in that time, the Trio was really the only one that even resembles a modern smartphone because you had the BlackBerry, you had Windows Mobile, you had some of the weird middle people with the the Scion and the, the Samsung Blackjack. Yeah. Um, which was like, it's Windows with a full keyboard, but no touchscreen and, and a weird interface. Um, yeah, no, those, I, yeah. I, I, had, I, had an H, I had an HTC 8150 at one point, which was the slider Windows mobile. So if you have the phone closed, you use it in portrait mode. And if yeah. you open it, it's in, it's in you know, landscape uh, mode. Yeah, landscape mode, but then you have the full keyboard. Yeah, I had yeah. one of those. Yeah. I, I had one of those. Um, I used that for maybe two months and then went back to my palm and went, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I did that multiple times over the lifespan of the palm where it's like, okay, maybe I'm finally ready to move on because, you know, palm came out with a 680 
And then they switched hands like four or five times in the years that followed. There was also the 700W, which was a Windows-based Palm device, which was just freaking weird. Yeah, um, I, had a, like, I had one of those. I still want a Palm Pro. If someone has a Palm Pro in good condition and you want to send it to me, my PO box is down below. I would love a Palm Pro because I never got one. Um, I had a Palm Centro at one point. Uh, I uh, This was after... I think in between iPhones, uh, I, I had a free upgrade on my cell phone plan and I went, yeah, I like Palm. Maybe I'll go back to Palm. So I got a Centro for free. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day when AT&T just went, hey, you want a new phone? I went, yes, of course I do. And they said, here you go. The glory days. Yes. Before the dark times, before the empire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the HTC Singular 8125. I think that's the one I 8125, had. yeah. Yeah, it was like an old old Windows, some weird version of like Windows, NT. Window, Windows CE. CE. Seton, was CE it CE? CE6. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Uh, Compact I edition, if you remember. Yeah, I, uh, I loved that thing because at the time, I was able to install emulators on it. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is the greatest. Who needs to ever download games anymore? That's exactly and, why I bought it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I got it too. It was the only reason but I But I only it. used it for two months because, oh my God, was that a horrible phone. It was phone. a horrible phone. I do that remember thing was that. awful. Um, anyway, speaking of old phones, BlackBerry may be back in the equation for modern smartphones. And now, now it's just a flip phone. It's And it's going to be running Android. Um, so startup, Onward Mobility has plans to release a 5G-enabled BlackBerry phone in 2021. Um, who owns BlackBerry at this point? That's a great question. Um, at last that I had heard, TCL was trying to use the BlackBerry name and come out with devices, and then that kind of fell flat. Because um, we, we so, talked about a, a BlackBerry phone a while ago. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, here it is. TCL agreed to manufacture two BlackBerry branded phones. And in February, TCL decided not to renew their deal with BlackBerry. Uh, oh, and so Onward Mobility as a mobile startup is saying, hey, we'll use your name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so BlackBerry is, again, a thing. Hopefully we never have to run servers again. Uh, well, no, I, I would, I would love to see, cause the phone that they have seems to have a few, uh, a full, uh, Q keyboard and, mm -hmm. uh, which is button based, not touchscreen. That's what at least what it looks like. Um, yes. I would love to see how that compares. Now the screen size, everyone's saying right now, screen, screen size is bit is king because that's how you watch media and pictures and everything. So you are already limiting that, but I, I do would love to feel that the keyboard again, see if there is a change now versus, you know, modern touchscreen. Do you know what I want back? Graffiti. I was, that that was the palm gesture-based input with oh, yeah. pen. I was so much faster on that. Now, really? I'm still a fast texter. I, I'm very fast. Uh, um starting to sound like Trump here. The best texture you've ever seen. <laughs> Ask anyone. They'll, they'll say. Um, but no, uh, I miss graffiti as an input. 
because it was one gesture. You just memorized your 28 characters and your five specials. Um, and they were very much like the letters. So A is an A and B is a B, C is a C, D. Like I still remember the graffiti input and I yeah. can still probably do it just as fast today as I did 10 years ago. Um, but that's what I want. I want I want my stylus and graffiti back. If Android came out with a graffiti keyboard and I could use a stylus on it, oh, I'm sold. <laughs> now, see, I, you would think I, they would have something like that possibly to be able to do on like the Note because they're so large and they do come with pens. Right. Um, but they're they're because swipe not necessarily like that, but you know they kind of have the drawing aspect of all right, I'll swipe on the keyboard and learn via AI what you're trying to say or what you're guessing. Right. I've never liked Swipe. 99% I've never of the liked time, Swipe. I, I've it, tried it, it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not all that accurate on my 3A. Um, it keeps wanting to do an enter instead of an N and a space instead of a period. Oh, which is, yeah. And I it get, hasn't learned that yet. Uh, what is mine? It is, uh, yeah, I get, I get a period instead of space or uh, uh and yeah, there's a couple. It's just my right thumb for some yeah. reason. Like I know where the button's at and I know I'm hitting it and, and it'll uh, highlight the, the one next to it. It's like, no, I see where I'm pressing yeah, you son of a... <laughs> and, and I'm, it, it, I will say there are a few times where I'm going fast, it's awfully close. But it's yeah. like, yeah, I just needed to rotate my thumb a little bit different. Like, no, 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 you should know. But you knew what I was trying to type. Yeah, you knew what I was trying to type. And why is there, now I have a period there. Thanks a lot. Right. You know, and oh, you're you're trying to write an email address. So and so dot so and so dot so and so. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to do that. This is all spaces. Right. Yes, I meant to try to type craft co.puting. Yeah, I know. And it's like <laughs> Yes, no. that's of course what I meant to type three and a half <laughs> years into this venture. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But yeah, anyway, so so, so I, back. but I would be curious because that is the one thing about the the keyboard. I felt it. I I have still to this day. I think a physical keyboard like that is faster because you would then feel the the points, the buttons. So that that space that you know hitting that button with your thumb, I would know. Okay, I'm I'm hitting both of those. I would probably then change the way train myself to i need to move a little bit over now yeah because i'm physically uh, feeling it so someone just linked me to a graffiti pro keyboard for android <laughs> i'm going to download that <laughs> oh yeah look at that now but do you have to do it with your hand your finger um it, I bet. Supposedly, if you use a stylus, you can use it with a stylus. Uh, well, yeah, but are you going to keep a stylus in your pocket? I'm not going to keep all... a stylus in my pocket. Yeah, so I'm assuming you're probably like, okay, use your finger. Right. Uh, you know, try it but out. But I'm curious to see how quick I am on it because I was really fast at graffiti. Um, I went through college on graffiti, taking notes on my Palm Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so... So what's everyone using now? Uh, I've got a Pixel 3a. I I have a S10 Plus. The the 
terabyte and a half option. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's so stupid. Does one man need that much porn on their phone? <laughs> more. Way more. <laughs> We've got to have it in 4K. It's all it's all categorized. That's the thing. <laughs> Different folders. They're just yeah. John, I, I, I could need... put that all in Plex for you. <laughs> well, yeah, their 4K streaming is just not that good. And I, I, the VR aspect, I, I love that. So this is great. <laughs> Family friendly, yeah. family friendly. <laughs> Wait, what time is it? <laughs> Nine thirty-five. We're not there. Uh, we're yet. close. We're close. We're close. We're close. We're close there. enough. Hmm. Uh, okay. Hey. So that seems to be it for tech. That's it for tech. We do have uh, a few uh, beer slash, you know, something news. Yeah. Um, we we can get into that, and then I think we could probably just spend the rest of the show. Answering Q &A, questions, Q and A, or yeah, stuff like that. So let's we can kind of. What can you made me make me rant about? I'm sure yeah, there's something you guys. I'm can sure. Uh, nothing really, really interesting in the beer world this week. How? Because uh, last week was really good. I really liked the uh, Goose Island release news. Yes. Uh, a lot of those. I am very excited because all of those sounded very unique. Um, yeah. They seem to go a little bit crazy. So very excited for those. But. Uh, something that is widely known, uh, if you ever go to a fair, you always constantly probably see things that are always deep fried. Everything is deep fried this, deep fried Twinkies, deep fried Snickers, deep fried pickles. Um, have you ever seen a deep fried liquid? And at the same time, have that liquid contain alcohol? Does does margarine count or mayonnaise as a liquid? I think that technically does because I've seen deep fried mayonnaise balls. Is the, is the mayonnaise still liquid afterwards? Yes. Well, okay. Is there alcohol in mayonnaise? No. Okay. So uh, some guy in Texas has come up with a recipe to deep fry beer. Okay, whatever. But... I'm already a fan. <laughs> so uh so it, it essentially looks like these tiny little ravioli type things but he uh has been working on this recipe for over a year and essentially what it is is he's described it as basically taking and it, his, the beer he uses is guinness so he's been using guinness as a base and he's continued to use it but it's think of a pretzel and drinking a beer right away and the bread is pretzel-based, but he did not disclose the rest of the secret. But okay. once you bite into it, it is a liquid. And um, he describes it as being more of a dipping sauce. So I'm, I'm betting there's probably a bit of mixture inside the dough to thicken up the beer. But there's yeah. still a, there still is alcohol in this. And so you could essentially have pretzel beer bites as a, a snack at your county fair in if you will if you go to texas but that was interesting i, I i've never seen deep fried beer before so but like i said not super interesting we're going with what we got because it was a slow news week in tech um <laughs> <laughs> but actually but uh the other story this one I actually found semi-interesting and it is our favorite brewery in the world budweiser they are actually trying to do something that no brewery in the United States or state has ever done. 
and they are trying to actually get, get Utahns drunk. That's, yes, and so <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Utah just passed uh, their 5% or, or 3.8% law, which allows higher ABV in grocery stores to, or, or higher ABV uh, beers to be sold in grocery stores. Yeah. And so uh, by... Meanwhile, we're still waiting for liquor. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile we're here, we're like, Let's increase past twenty percent, y'all. Right, we we can buy nineteen point nine in yeah. any store, but we have to go in Oregon. You have to go to a specialty liquor store, which is a state-run liquor store, to get twenty and higher. Yeah. Um. So that means if you have a liqueur, uh, like a like an Irish cream or coffee liqueur or something like that, that's under twenty percent, you can buy that here in grocery stores. In fact, Costco started carrying that lately. Yeah. Um. But, uh. Yeah, Utah's just getting past the dark ages of, yeah, if you wanted anything past Pabst Blue Ribbon, you have to go to a liquor store. Not even that. Pabst is like 4.8. So four, you, that's right. Yeah, so you had to, anything like ultra light, uh, you had yeah. to go to a liquor store. And so, um, actually, there's a big uproar. So, but Budweiser In is, Oregon, we start at five. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, I know. So, um, you, uh, so Budweiser is trying to make, uh, Budweiser, the official beer of Utah, and they're even kind of not trolling, but like putting out fake advertisements for Utonians. Like, I guess that's the right word. Yep. Um, Utah's it, state beer. As Utah state beer, they've even uh, mocked up a beer can for them. Um, they're trying to get the uh, state's first official beer to be released because Utah mm. has a lot of hey, this is our official flower, our official fish our official bird why not have an official beer because now welcome to everyone else's you know alcoholic level uh that i found i was like okay that's kind of interesting i doubt it will happen because there's probably you know 50 other breweries there they're like hey we're from utah you need to make our beer the official beer right but this 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 was pretty interesting kind of a not a troll but you know Really good advertising. Budweiser does seem to do a really good job with their advertising campaign uh, on this type of stuff. Yeah. Um, the interesting, weird parts. So, but that that was pretty interesting. Um, and then some semi-local news for Jeff and I. Uh, slash... Well, it's, it, it's a local company technically, but it's yeah. also kind of big news. It, it is well. It's actually yeah. It's really big news. Uh, it's a so, lot of money, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. So local company here, in, based in Portland, Oregon, um, who a celebrity um, owned a portion of the company. Uh, I think it was like thirty percent, something like thirty. Ryan, if you, it, it, uh, I, I think they stopped it, calling it a substantial stock. Yeah. Or significant portion, or something like that. Um, but it's a. It's a large stake in the company. Yeah. He, uh, and Ryan, if you ever want to come on the show, you are welcome anytime. <laughs> so uh, Aviation Gin. We have talked about Aviation Gin on the show quite a few times. We enjoy it. I, I think it is a very great very introduction gin. to gin. Um, more of the, it's a very nice gin to drink straight. Uh, it's a very pleasant gin. Uh, very well-priced uh well it might be going up actually because it just got bought out for 610 million dollars yep uh so 
the ownership group that bought it is the same ownership group that owns Smirnoff and Johnny Walker. Yeah. Uh, it's also the largest liquor ownership group in the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, they just bought pretty much the controlling stock of Aviation Gin. Now, this does not include uh, Ryan Reynolds' uh, stake in the company. He still owns the 30%, and he will still remain the public face of the company they have set. Yeah, um, so I, I think part of the, the deal was he has to maintain uh, as a spokesperson for the next 10 years, actually. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, but yeah, but he, yeah. Still, he still has uh, an, an, a significant interest in the company. Yeah, as, they, they, as they didn't the say exactly what, but yeah, they said significant interest. It's enough. <laughs> it's enough it, to, to, to yeah. wet his whistle. But yes. uh, the, uh, the uh, starting owner of Aviation Gin, they are now well off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they're they're relatively new. This is, I think, like a five six year old company. Yeah, it's not an old company at all. Um, and and they don't really specialize in anything other than I think they have two or three gins out there. And really, yeah. it wasn't until Ryan took it o or or became part owner of it, and it just I think it skyrocketed within like two two and a half years. It it skyrocketed when he became part of the ownership group, and that was only a year and a half ago because we yeah. talked about it on this show uh when when he he took it over um but uh or became part of the ownership group, part, I yeah say. um but uh yeah they're i want to say they're seven years old i want to say because i i had known of aviation gen for quite a while okay but still um, that's still relatively still new a pretty new company right yeah um and for all of a sudden to have a a market worth uh 70 percent market worth at 600 that's a billion dollar company yeah no, if I remember correctly, I that think makes Ryan, four products. Yeah, <laughs> like, I that's think, incredible. I, and I think if I remember correctly, I, I was right. Like Ryan only like um, put in like sixty thousand yeah. into the company, and and that was like thirty percent of the company. So, right, the company wasn't worth a whole lot. Yeah, uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but that also means Aviation Gin will probably be available everywhere now globally or basically where you know so and i do i, I really everywhere I'm, you can buy johnny walker and smirnoff you're gonna yeah. find aviation gin now and i really i really like the gin it actually is a yes. really good I, it's a very competitive flavored gin if mm -hmm. i was gonna go to a party and like i was like i know everyone's gonna bring vodka and i know everyone's gonna bring bourbon i like gin I'm, i'd probably bring that I really would. I, I'd probably bring that over, like, say, a Bombay Sapphire, because I think this is a bit more approachable, a little bit yes. sweeter, and a much better better price point. Yeah. Definitely. So, so uh, that is all of the beer slash alcohol news we have for this show. And we are at eh, 15, 20 minutes. We can, we can do whatever. So in chat, what would you guys like us to talk about? And if you don't say anything, we're probably going to start talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, I've only watched the first episode. I haven't watched the the other two. Well, the, so. There's one one tomorrow. So episode three okay. is tomorrow. Uh, okay. So. Okay. So I'm only one week behind. That's you're good. only you're only one week behind. So good. Uh, For some reason, I was thinking I was two weeks behind. I was like, no. oh no. Uh, so, I mean, or we can just start talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, all right uh beatbox no we will not beatbox i can't beatbox no 
I have I have friends who do. <laughs> yeah. John is not one of them. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I can beat up a box. Like I have a cardboard <laughs> box I can just punch and be like, you like that, huh? That's where you get now. Give me my money. Are you, are you proud yeah. of that joke? No. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I'm gonna. I'm like, I already committed to it by stating that. I was like, okay, I kind of have to follow it up with something because there's silence. I was like, ah, I gotta go the cheesy route because it's so tip atypical. So. I, I I got my first official dad joke in. Well, I've been doing dad jokes for years, but I got one of the classics in the other day. My my daughter went, I'm thirsty. I went, I'm dad. She was. <laughs> <laughs> She's seven and she got the joke and she was already done with my crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny, Dad. Right. <laughs> oh. All right. What do we got? I still don't know what to think of this beer. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You haven't you haven't said much about that. I'm, and I'm it doesn't look like I've I've made a couple faces. Yeah. Um the flavor is dictated by how much you drink at the same time. Very much so. Um, and it's not like the smaller the sip, the better it is. It's like there's this this happy middle ground where it's like, okay, I enjoyed that drink. But if I take too much or just slightly too little, yeah, it sours all hell. Or <laughs> like you like, I'm gonna take a super arrogant, aromatic, sippy, like, right. and it's just like, nope, nope. Nope, that was even worse. That right. was even worse. Yep. Uh, yeah, there, there's. I I can only take a half a second of an ingesting. It's like all right, that was the perfect amount. How do I and see that was the that? right amount? Yeah, that was. It's like how do good. I duplicate that every time now? Right. Um, so that's what I've been kind of working on is how do I get myself to enjoy this beer so that I can review it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, seems like a good bottle to split. This is too much. 12 ounces of this is too much. Um, all, all well, when you said sour alt beer yeah. and then whiskey barrel, you said whiskey or bourbon? Uh, bourbon barrel. Okay. So yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, bourbon barrel aged. Does it, it doesn't. And then we don't know the exact how long aging process. Uh, we have no idea the aging process okay, because so. the front of the label, that's all the information I have. Yeah, I know. I hate when they do uh, that. The back of the label is Dortmunder Sour Alt Beer, aged in bourbon barrels, 9.2%, 12.7 ounce. Surgeon General's warning. In accordance with the Surgeon General, <laughs> women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems. Uh, UPC 85451200312323. Uh, serve at 46 to 54 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit. Now, me. yeah. Um, and we're there. That That's where I'm at right now. Because uh, my fridge serves at about 40. Now, so... the, the, the problem with alt beers is like, okay, they're not necessarily supposed to be sour. Right. And that's why I was, when you said it was a sour one, it's like, I'm betting it's infected. I'm betting it got infected during the barrel process. Um, and they're like, it's a dark sour. Steve and I have had 
many a discussions on dark on, sours on dark sours yeah and how there's uh, no like, such thing it's just a happy back it's just it's, a happy it's, accident it's a happy accident like it's tolerable with the dark sour yeah. now it's like no we made we meant this to be a fruity stout no no mm -hmm. the dark sour i myself have i've had this happen and actually it wasn't bad it was like okay if i take it in this perspective it's it's fine but the fact yeah. that i knew it was supposed to be it was like a coconut bourbon and it was like oh the coconut got infected when i was steeping it and so yeah. or i had i didn't i didn't sanitize the coconut properly so it had uh some sort of infection or you know uh, uh yeast or something on it and so yeah. over time it got sour yeah so fresh it tasted good um, but then I bottled it and I was like, oh, this is a sour. And then I let it age for another year. Like, oh, it's not bad now because I still get coconut and I still get rum, but now it's sour. Yeah. But but it's aged long enough now it's balanced. Yeah. I didn't mean to make this, but now it's a dark sour. Right. And, uh, you know, with breweries, um, they're probably like, I have to still sell this. So what I'm getting more than anything out of this is like a a a black cherry tartness um where the sour note itself is not terrible i'm not getting any bourbon at all at all that means yeah, um, low aged yeah um you can kind of smell it you can kind of smell a little vanilla caramel kind of stuff on the nose the nose does not match the flavor <laughs> let me say that um because the nose is actually very very sweet interesting right usually, usually with a sour you would think there'd be you know an infection like whoa that's that's pungent no, i, to, to I the love nose. the smell of this um hmm. this is like strawberry rhubarb kind of kind of smell to it um okay so so it's more like a a, a, a fruity uh, aromatic yeah it, it's a it's a sweet fruity aromatic okay so then that would be interesting uh that's probably then is is actually infected because uh alt beer is supposed to be dark malts and yep. so you are looking for more of that chocolate coffee right and infection it ain't chocolate it ain't coffee yeah uh, uh, <laughs> you can have fruity aromatics with an infection yeah and or or you know maybe they it got infected and then they killed whatever was in it but you know right um that is that is interesting was that a uh bite my bits yes ah yes called it yep. <laughs> it was probably um, and you know what actually it might have been fine and it could also be the way the beer was stored it could it be could, really old could, could have be. hit a lot of temperature changes and sunlight yep. so yep um this reminds me of that firestone that we were so disappointed in oh yeah that yeah i was yeah. really uh, um hey you still yeah. have the uh whiskey sour uh yes i do actually. that's what i'm gonna say like you better it's not been in that. my fridge which is actually working so there's a chance <laughs> it's still good <laughs> but yes so the the video we planned a, almost a year nine ago nine months ago yeah <laughs> yeah it's another been a while one, another one of no our, it might be a year yeah i think it's close to a year yeah because i i well no i'll say i gave it to you yeah, it was late, a, a it was month. late summer early fall it was i think it was like a two months before you moved 
from your in-laws. Which, which we're at 10 months now. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so pretty close. It was it was supposed to be our follow-up to the old-fashioned. Yes. Whiskey sour. We'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. <laughs> extra, extra aged beer. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I still have all these wonderful old beers or crappy beers that you're supposed to drink. And uh, I left them in the non-working fridge, by the way. So they're nice and warm now. Oh, excellent. Yes. So they are getting I a, can't a, wait. a wonderful treatment. Um, that might be a Patreon only video. So join Jeff's Patreon to There's find gonna that There's going to be out. a lot of swearing. <laughs> a lot of bottle throwing at the end of it. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got like five minutes. So what did what did you think of Lower Decks episode? We'll just talk episode one because we only got a couple <laughs> minutes left. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, I did. Um, it is. Uh, some people say it's very Rick and Morty inspired. I see Rick and Morty in the art style and in some of the joke delivery, where it's very very quick. Um, I agree with that. The, the, the words fly by at a million miles an hour, and you're going to pick out different jokes on your second, third, and fourth watch. watch and, and you really need to know the universe. You need to, to know really, the universe to, yeah. to get it. And so it's a high IQ show. Um, no. Um, no, but, but it, there, there are all those subtle background things that are like, oh, they did that. Oh, there's, there's that right. animated in the background. And, right. and yeah, it, it is just like Rick and Morty. It's a similar uh, animated style of Black Rick and Morty. Yes, I agree with all there, that. There's a similar attention to detail that yeah. I've noticed uh, where where Rick and Morty, everything everything is in frame for a reason. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a joke, even if it's just in the background and it's blurry and it's on frame for four, you know, for four frames, there's a reason that was yeah. written into it. Um, and so I do like that aspect of it. Um, it's, it's an interesting watch. Um, I character wise, uh, obviously they still have to grow on me a little bit. I need to see who the characters develop into. Yeah. I, I love that the, uh, the girl is the daughter of the captain. I think that's funny. I, I think the way they set it up is like, don't you honey me, you yeah. stuck up son of a, sorry, you're breaking up subspace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Love you. Love you. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Um, uh, I like that it's not taking itself seriously at all. Um, oh, I loved, I loved, I thought the best part was actually the intro. I loved the intro. Yeah. Uh, I thought the song was very, uh, I'm glad they went back to instrumental. It actually yeah. almost reminisced of TNG Deep Space Nine Voyager. Voyager it almost yeah. felt like the golden all, age of track. The golden, right. Yeah. And it felt like all three of those, uh, the orchestra felt like all three of them kind of came together yeah. and that, but then the visuals of, Oh, we're we're a very weak ship, and they go to Ooh, the uh, Romulans are fighting the board. Oh, uh, screw that, boys. <laughs> um, you know they're they're doing the whole. You uh, just over... froze for three seconds in the most glamorous selfie ever. <laughs> that is the screen or uh, the thumbnail. That's um, the thumbnail. There it is. Uh, uh, where they're doing like the Voyager over the ice caps, but then they scrape their nacelle. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that whole scene. Yep. Um, there, there's a lot of tongue in cheek of old references, but it's like you have to, they're very subtle. You have yep. to know um, everything about it. You have to know the lore it. already. You have right. to know the lore. Yeah. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. Which is a reference in itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you, you like the, uh, the, the title sequence. I like just the, the very intro of the show, you know, the, the cold open of the captain's log starting, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the Centurios is en route to make second contact with the alien world of blah, 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 blah. And it's probably the most important thing because first contact, you know, they're just doing this, but we need to figure out. Wait, and then the door opens work. and it's like, and then, and then the door opens and it's like, you're making a captain's log? And it's an yeah. instant where. <laughs> yeah, it's an instant. No, ensign. leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're encouraged to make logs. <laughs> right. Well, let me listen to it. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And then like, and then, we'll, we'll check out you, this Romulan are you drunk? ale. Yeah. Are, are you drunk? Well, yeah. That's Romulan ale. That's illegal. Well, yeah, that's because it's awesome. Yeah. Well, check out this rusty batlet I just got. Is that blood? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love I love. Yeah. So that I love that whole thing. Basically, that and the intro were really good. There and yeah, I think it's just a little rough around the edges of just its first episode. Yeah. You know, first episode, first season. I did the same thing with Rick and Morty. I did the same thing with most of these cartoons. Yep. We will judge it better probably at the end of its season, and then after I watch it three times through because you know they're quick 25, 24 minute episodes. Um, so far, I personally think I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Episode one was way better than episode two. Okay. Um, I I think I I've come to expect that. Yeah, and it it was a I, very. I feel we'll probably get our stride back about episode five. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm um, there is a bit more character introduction in episode two. That was the one thing. It was. It seemed like they they pushed in episode one and two. To come up, they pushed a lot of characters on you, and there's yeah. no. Um, development so far again similar to rick and maury to where like they you know season three four and five they inter- or three and four they start really introducing more of the the sister and the dad and the mom mm-hmm. you know basically the family as a whole to yeah. our season one of rick and morty was just rick and morty rick and morty right yeah and so this seems like i'm introducing the whole entire crew to you yeah. and our, our first episode was all of lower decks episode two there's some is senior re- staff is, is, is a lot of senior staff uh, yeah. you you get to see all the senior staff and interact with them but there is still some really good um stuff i really enjoyed the zombie apocalypse in this episode the, the episode one and the love walk you know they even did the yeah. space walk with uh, the like, space walk. walk was hilarious yeah you know uh really enjoyed again all those little references uh, so what episode- kind of music are you into <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, i will say this i personally think most of the references in episode one were like tng ds9 yeah. you know the golden age episode two most of the references to to me felt like uh uh original tso tos yeah tos yeah uh it just felt more like something like that um but they do that second contact type thing so that was yeah. funny um so i'm looking forward to tomorrow I, I will say most of my work day on thursday morning is like no one talked to me for 30 minutes i got my cup of coffee i'm watching i'm watching lower decks uh, yeah tomorrow i think that's gonna 
how I start my morning too. So, except you'll probably end up having an Irish coffee. I might. <laughs> or a beer, whatever. Or whatever, whatever yeah. I fancy. <laughs> whatever. If you want to see Jeff constantly troll me on his lunch breaks um, <laughs> now, because I might have you've got nine years of catching up to do john (laughs) i i might have trolled him for a long time (laughs) so john for a very long time has been allowed to drink beer at lunch or have the occasional beer with lunch and so every time he has one he's been texting me for nine years (laughs) (laughs) now i can't and guess who can now and loves has no problem expressing it and showing it to everyone. Not just me, everyone. Yep. <laughs> Twitter, Discord. Hey, John, guess what I'm drinking hey, right John. now? For... Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh, I'm out of tap room right now for lunch. They have great burgers. I just picked up a burger. Oh, I haven't look, even gone that growler. far yet. This has just uh, been stuff I've opened from my fridge. I know. I haven't even started, you know, expanding my horizons yet. <laughs> I'm the payback afraid. has only just begun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh. Anyway, is there anything else we can talk about? Uh, so know. apparently the graffiti keyboard for Android is actually written by a company named Access. And Access was the original developer of Graffiti for Palm OS. Oh, there you go. So it's literally Graffiti. So you have promise. Yeah, it's good promises. Yes. So I'm going to download that. Probably as soon as I get off the live show tonight. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, it is is very basic. Uh... Yep. But I remember what Graffiti is. I still remember all the... All the characters, so. F is a seven, T is a backward seven. <laughs> yeah. Those are the weird ones. Yeah, that's um, what I was looking at. Yep. And then K is a weird. K loop. is just the. Yeah. Yep. H is lowercase. Yep. Yeah, there's a mix of upper and lowercase. There's. Uh, enough of the, the letter to make it a distinct shape, but not necessarily all of the letter is included. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of them, there's a little too much. Like D, you have to go all the way down and then back around. Why can't I just make a backward C? Because that would work. Good point. Suggestion box. Yeah. Same with R, it looks like. Yeah. With R, I could just do the inverse of f i could start at the bottom and go to the top and and make you know a seven kind of thing but instead i've got to do the full r yeah um that was what they were tired of like screw it just have them write the damn letter (laughs) right yeah same with b you have to go all the way down with b back up and then connect whereas i would just prefer to do the backwards three because e is like this E is your language arts teacher in high school going, you can't write it like that. <laughs> Why? It's got three points pointing out that way. You know what it is. You know what it is. It's not proper. Yeah.
anyway. Anyways. It's six after. I think that's a good show. Yep, that'll work. Thank you so much for watching episode 146 of Talking Heads here on Craft Computing. If you like the video, make sure to click that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Hops and Brews as well if you like the beer content. Link is down in the video description below. If you really like the content, consider joining the Patreon. Link is also down in the video description. Minimum donation of $1 per month gets you access to my exclusive Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Steve, Rhett, all of the hosts from Talking Heads. Uh, pick our brains, join the community. It's a great, great Discord. Uh, I cannot pimp it enough, and, uh, and it's the community that makes it worth it. I mean, I'm awesome and everything, but they're the ones that, are, uh, that make the community great. So, uh, thank you so much for watching. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. And we will see you then. See you guys. Peace out.